welcome to the official podcast of the Whiskey 7 Project. Hi, I'm your host, Howard Dodge, but you can call me Hodo, and together with my friend Steven, we founded the Whiskey 7 Project. We believe the world is too full of serious, heavy stuff. We wanted to divorce ourselves from the things that divide people. We wanted to go back to the days where we listened to 80s hair rock bands while drinking beer sitting on the tailgate of a crappy truck at the end of the local airport runway. Thus, the Whiskey 7 Project was born. We've matured a little along the way, not too much. So grab a beer, there's still some left in the cooler. Join in, we're happy you're here. Welcome to the project. Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of the Whiskey 7 Project. Today is St. Patrick's Day 2022, and boy are we ready to celebrate. I'm your host, Howard Dodge, but you can call me Hodo. Nugget is unable to join us this evening as he had a prior commitment, but of course he sends his good wishes to all of you project members out there. Tonight I'm joined by our good friend Mike, and he's going to help me drink some great stuff tonight, and as always, we will discuss whatever floats up from the ether. Mike, how you doing tonight? Incredibly well. Thank you for having me. This is an excellent opportunity, and the environment is amazing. I, I, I know, right? So... Those of you unfortunate enough not to be with us in, in uh, body, but only in spirit, tonight we are broadcasting from the uh, the South Metro studio, which happens to be my garage. And uh, what is... What, Mike, describe the, uh, the setting for them. So the table is constructed of a well-oiled, uh, well, cooler and uh, some totes. And we're sitting on antique chairs, look like uh, somebody's great uncle whittled them out of wood. And... Uh, it's a makeshift studio. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is that. And, of course, we have the Whiskey 7 Mobile over here to my right, your left. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really feeling the vibe. It's, it's great. It's very homey. I yeah, like it. Absolutely. Um, what are we, uh, we going to drink? So we have this Founders KBS. Yeah. It's the original Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. Um, and it looks to be 12% yep. alcohol by volume. Yep. So that's, uh, they call that a double. So uh, it's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's see what this is going to taste like. Let's get into the, uh, to the bottle here. All right. Not, uh, not too much uh, carbonation in there. Let's, uh, oh, we'll, we'll get into that. So listen to that. It's thick. Looks like molasses. It does. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. You can tell. There you go. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Outstanding. Nice. Look at that. Boy, I wish you could see this. Guys, this stuff is black as midnight, and it's got, I don't know, what do you call that, about a half-inch uh, head on? Well, mine settled a bit. So about an inch and a half, maybe, a head when you pour it. And, uh, man, that's thick. Yeah, you can't see through it. That's really good. They that's call a, this Zero Dark Thirty. Salute to you. Absolutely. Hmm. Smelling some uh, bitter chocolate. Let's see what this tastes like. Okay, tasting that bourbon barrel for sure. Yeah. It's almost immediate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not a giant fan of the bourbon barrels myself, but uh, I, I don't dislike them. It's just not something I usually reach for first. I don't want to see if the, any of the chocolate... Develop. I smell the, the bitter chocolate pretty pretty heavy on the, on the, the nose. 
I didn't get any chocolate. I only smell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not tasting it either. I'm just trying to let it see if it develops a little bit. But while uh, while I'm waiting on that, uh, you know, all you people out there in Whiskey Seven Land, tonight's beverages are generously provided by the wonderful people at Z and Z Package Store. Make sure you head over there and talk with their beautiful beverage gurus to find the perfect libation for your party needs. The Whiskey Seven Project is proud to be sponsored by the Z and Z Package Store in Locust Grove, Georgia. I know you've been there a couple of times. Absolutely, yeah. service and uh, everything is wonderful. Yeah, um, customer service is oh so important, especially nowadays. And you can definitely find what you're looking for and. Their wonderful staff will be more than accommodating to help you out in all your package store needs. Yeah, they're they're great people down there. And for, for our area of the world, kind of the only place you can go to find some kind of hard stuff to find. They've got it. Very true. I mean, there's a, there's a million package stores, but they, they've got it. Their inventory is forever. Yes. It goes on and on. Um, what do you think about the after, the after kind of tones? I'm not... F- I'm not really getting any anything developing. Yeah. So it's just kind of bourbon barrel, and and I'm, I am getting a little bit of maybe the bitter chocolate. There's a coffee beans on the label. I'm not getting any of that. Ah, uh, now you know now that I say it. No, Founders KBS straight to the point. It, yeah. It it just kind of hits you, and there's no really like normally disgusting kind of aftertaste. No, no, certainly not. Yeah, it's. It's pretty good, twelve percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with it. Um, I think um, so. So we have a, a three tiered uh, rating system here at the Whiskey Seven Project, as you know. Uh, so we have the this is garbage, which mm. this is not, and then we have the I would drink it again. I am proposing that we introduce a third category that would say I would drink it again if someone gave it to me. Sure. I'm gonna put this in I would drink it again if someone gave it to me category. See, I'm going middle of the road. Mikey likes it. That's middle of the road for me. Yeah. Um, definitely, if it was somewhere, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'd buy it. Right. But if it was in the refrigerator, ice cold, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a solid coffee, chocolate, stout thing, but I'm not, I'm not really getting any coffee. I do get some of the bitter chocolate. Um... Yeah, well, let's. Uh, you know, the reason for our for our coming to you tonight is to discuss all things St. Patrick's Day. Um, you know, uh, I know you hail from an area of the country that is rich in Irish tradition. Very rich. Yeah, and uh, I uh, I've I've been to Ireland, and um, that counts. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, what, tell tell me about tell me about some of some of your where where, where you come from. So New England. Obvious uh, big Italian Irish communities, um, but we're we're all about dyeing the uh, you know the river green and yeah. and doing uh, some uh, unforgettable things, <laughs> right? Now now to forgive me with my ignorance, but uh, you're from Rhode Island. Rhode Island is there. So I've I've only been to Rhode Island once, and it was many many years ago. I was I was at a navy base. I don't really remember a whole lot of it. I didn't get out and see a whole lot. Right. Uh, but uh, so what, what? If in fact there is a river that you dyed green, what what's the river? Sure. So what what we would do is we go to the pier. Okay. Uh, Narragansett, okay. and we throw you know safe, clear, <laughs> natural, uh, green um, kind of dye, and uh, it was an experience to be had by all. Right. It was amazing, and uh, as a kid, you know, seeing. 
somewhat bluish water turned green <laughs> for St. Patrick, who um, who ultimately, what? St. Patrick's story is amazing. Yeah, drove all the snakes from Ireland or something. Yeah, there's no snakes. Yeah, yeah. At least I don't. No, I don't know of any. I've never seen one. I, I did, so in your experience with Ireland, did what was that? What was that like? Man, I, it was fantastic. Um, we uh, we flew from New York over to Dublin, and uh, it was in when was it? It was well. Let's see. We left on Valentine's Day. We left on Valentine's Day of uh, last time was uh, 2019. I think I can't remember. It was right before COVID hit, like, in earnest. And um, so we flew into Dublin, and it was raining when we got there. We got the traditional Irish welcome, you know. The weather was was, was absolute crap. Um, but the people were super cool. And uh, so when, it was funny because when we got there, I went on uh, on, on a trip uh, with uh, Ange. My wife is a school teacher, so I, it was a school trip. So we, so I, I just tagged along. But when we got there... The uh, the tour group, the company or whatever, they picked us up in this you know this big tour bus and whatnot, and they took us out to this town called Howth, H O W T H, and it's a seaside you know port or town or whatever, and it was pretty cool. But the funny thing was, is there's some cliffs there, and the cliffs are of note because it's the place where, uh, I guess, when the troubles kicked off, like all, all the all the diaspora here in the states were sending weapons and sure. things over there. Well, the Howth is where they all landed, so so I knew that, and and, and it was super cool to be there. But what was funny was the area had these big gates, and it was a tiny, tiny little street to, to, to get in there. Yeah. And we had this giant, you know, 60-something foot-long tour bus or whatever, and the guy driving it, uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember his name, but it, we'll call him Bill. But it was hilarious because I'm sitting, like, right behind him, right, because I'm wanting to chat him up and talk to him. I want to meet the locals, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting right behind him, and, and I... I mean, we've been with him for an hour and a half. I don't know him at all yet, so I'm, I'm not really I'm not really doing what I do. So, but I, I'm catching him in the mirror, and I'm just kind of looking at him, and he's like, "I don't know where the fuck we are," <laughs> you know, completely lost. Completely. So he goes down this, and there is no way you're backing this bus up. No way. I mean, it, we've driven like a mile and a half down this narrow, winding friggin' road, and we come to this place where there's this like big iron gate. In, that's that's closed, right? Mm. And he and I can see it on his face. Oh fuck, <laughs> you know, because he ain't backing it up. No. So I said, let me out. Let me get out. So I get out. And he goes, well, you know, the tour guy is starting to trip balls now. He's like, where are you going? I said, trust me. Let me get out. So uh, I get out and um, I get I walk up to the gate and I look at the and there's, there's a lock. This gate is like I don't know, 15 feet tall probably, but there's a lock around eight feet tall mm. right and i'm six three so i mean i can reach eight feet no no problem but so he can't I, he can't well he, i'm the only one off the bus mm. so i get out and i look at the lock and it's i can see i can see that it's not actually locked it's just like positioned to where anybody giving it a glance it looks like it's locked so i reach up flip it open take the lock down and push the gates open you can hear everybody on the bus going yay <laughs> so the guy drives through and uh, of course it's closed for a reason but when we get in there uh, the, the, we get off the bus and everybody's walking around. He he turns the bus around, and uh, so we're gonna go walk. There's like a, a walking path to go up to the to the cliffs and, and look out. So the tour guide is talking to us about all this stuff, and the uh, there's a sign on it says you know walking trails closed uh, for the season or whatever, but it has a date and I can't remember like what, exactly what the date was, but the point was is that the date was written in the European format, day okay. month year. Yes. And I and I said, well, if you look at it as the American format, 
month day year we got like a month it's open right, <laughs> right, right. so so the tour guide is like i don't know and i'm like i'm an american <laughs> so, so i just start walking up there and everybody follows me like pied piper and so we go up there and have a great time check out some cool stuff take some awesome pictures we walk back down and by this time i guess the guard eye or whoever it was they found us mm. <laughs> right so the tour bus guy is getting yelled at. How did you get in here? The gate was closed, everything. And I'm like, oh, don't fucking burn me, bro. <laughs> oh, he's going to turn state witness. <laughs> Last thing I need to do is go to prison in fucking Ireland on my first day, right? Let yeah. me at least get a couple of beers in me. So uh, anyway, I, I don't know what he told him, but he's, you know, he, the tour guy's like motionary. He's like, we got to go now, you know? So we get back on the bus and I'm sitting behind the guy the bus driver and we drive off and so he, he looks up at me and now that you know we're we're conspire we're, we're co-conspirators now sure. you know so uh so he looks up at me and in his irish brogue which i can't reproduce he's like he's like hi right, bro he says thank god you was able to get the gate over i had no idea i was gonna back down that fucking road <laughs> <laughs> you know and so anyway me and me and the driver bill i'll call him bill i forget his name but uh we dan so uh, we we uh, we became good buddies after that and i drank with him Every night for the rest of the trip, it was fantastic. That's amazing. How how long were you there? Uh, I think it was twelve days. So we did we did England, Scotland, and Ireland on that trip. But I think we were we were in Ireland for I think five days. So we had, we had a really good time. So you got to see where St. Patrick is buried. Yeah, yeah. We went to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral there in uh, in Dublin, and um, that was really neat. Uh, they they uh, it's kind of hard to describe. You know that I mean these buildings are older than our country. Sure. You know, so it, it was pretty cool to go in there, and they had all of the uh, I don't know what to, the military like banners and such from you know all the all the wars or whatever that the that the British had been involved in. Even though it's Ireland now, you know at the time they were fighting under the British flag because um, this is all way before 1916. Mm. And uh, and that was really cool. And then also uh, Jonathan Swift is buried there. He was the uh, the uh, the abbot isn't the right word. I don't know, but he was some 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 big you know wazzy wazzy both both. Uh, there at that cathedral but he's buried there and that was really neat and and i'm a gulliver's travels fan so that was kind of cool to to see where where he the author of gulliver's sure. travels was buried that was really neat sure yeah so you got the proper pint poured yeah yeah so as a matter of fact i'm drinking now out of my guinness glass you brought that home yes i did and i had it etched with my my name and the year that we were there you took and, the uh, tour took well so i yes and no so as as we were in Dublin, my wife, she had obligations. She was there as a chaperone with the kids. Okay. I was not. So while they were off doing, they went to Trinity College, and uh, I did go to check that out. We were supposed to see the Book of Kells there, but we didn't. It was it was either off for re- uh, restoration or whatever. I don't know. But uh, the harp of Brian Baru was there, and that was kind of cool. Now explain that to the people that didn't finish college. Right. Okay. So Brian Baru is a ancient Irish king. And uh, it, the, the legend has it that uh, his his harp is there in the library at Trinity College. Um, it's it's not it's not his harp. It, they've they've definitively proven that it's not that old. But regardless, it is you know the harp being one of the symbols of Ireland. It mm. is the harp that like the Guinness harp is modeled after, and the harp on the Erin flag and all that stuff is modeled after this particular harp. So that was really neat to go see that. And the library is super cool, man. It's like something out of Harry Potter. I mean, you, it's like just old ass books and they're like a million feet tall and right. just as far as the eye can see and they got the fucking ladders and everything else. I mean, it was really kind of neat. So I went and did that and saw the harp and then I was like, all right, deuces, I'm out. And then I began my tour of Ireland in earnest. I started walking all over Dublin and I don't know where the fuck I was going. I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to see cool shit. I knew I wanted to see the Guinness Brewery and I knew I was going to see the Guinness Brewery, but I had fuck all idea where it was at. 
you get a cool like newspaper boy hat too? Or well, so that there's a story in that, but let's 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 Amazing. save that for I a minute. That let's was, save that for a there minute. There was tweed yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, so anyway, I, I'm walking all over the damn place, and I find I happen upon the Guinness Brewery, which I intended to get to, but I didn't know where it was, and I I don't really like asking for directions, not because I'm embarrassed to. I want to find shit. I want to explore. I want to I want things to pop out at me that I had no idea were going to be there. Yeah. So I had a general idea the direction that it was in because I looked at a map. And so I'm, I'm walking over there, and, and I happen upon it, and uh, and I go in there. So I didn't take the tour. I did pay to get – you have to pay to get in. So I did the pay the $25 or quid or whatever the hell they call it, and or pounds. What, no, it's not pounds. What the fuck ever it was. I paid yeah. it, and, uh, and I went in. But I didn't do the tour. I was on such a time crunch that I didn't do the proper tour. I just went straight to the tasting room, right? And, and if I'm being 100% honest, I don't really fucking give a shit about seeing it made. I don't, yeah. I don't care, right? I know the history. I know the story. That means nothing to me. So I wanted to drink a Guinness at the place that it's made, which is what I did. So I went up there, had the beer, you know, bought the glass, went back down, and then I went upon my merry way, walking around, walking around Dublin. Uh, went to a place called uh, Sheehan's Pub. Um, it's, uh, let's see, where is that at? Sheehan's is on Chatham Street, or as they say, it's in Chatham Street. Yeah. And uh, it's so weird, like the colloquialisms, right? Absolutely. So Guinness right out of the tap is like what? Mother's milk. Yeah, and it, you know what? It is different. It's different. It tastes different. It's it's not it's not better. It's not worse. It's different, right? It, mm. it it had a sweetness to it that the one what we get here doesn't have, but it wasn't sweet like sugar sweet. It was. It's very. I don't do well describing olfactory senses. Stephen, that's his game. Sure. Right? But if I was going to say anything, I would say that Guinness in Ireland is sweeter than it is when you get it over here. I guess it loses something in transit. I don't know. It's just as good. It's just a little different. You, if you put two of them down next to anybody who, who drinks them, you'd say, this one, something, something's different about this one. Hmm. So uh, that was cool. But had had a, an awesome corned beef sandwich at Sheehan's in Chatham Street in Dublin. That was, that was fantastic. Great restaurant. Because um, they're not known for their cuisine, right? I don't think so. Probably not. Aside from, you know, the corned beef and, and, and things like that. Cabbage. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what about back up in uh, Rhode Island? You know, is there some uh, some good uh, Irish fare or? Uh... So I was fortunate enough to work alongside uh, a right off the airplane. I would say right off the boat, but he was right off the airplane. Yeah. Man from Dublin. Right. His name was Mick, and um, it was an amazing, amazing experience because um, he taught me that the laziness that I had inside me as a young man needed to be completely worked out. Those, the Irish are known hardworking individuals. Sure. And he used to give me a ration of shit daily that was <laughs> unlike any American. Uh, and I believe that, uh, thanks Mick, shout out to Mick, I think I got my work ethic from him. Wow, that's, because that's, pretty, that's pretty bold. Absolutely. He would work sun up from uh, to sundown, um, completely shit faced. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, he the work ethic of the Irish was just amazing. At least it was instilled with Mick. That's great, man. What 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 kind of work were you guys doing? We were doing construction work. Oh yeah. Um, and he brought his son over as well, straight from Dublin, and um, you know, we became really really good friends. And um, they have a lot of traditions that I was I was amazed and just um, you know got involved with, and um, it was a good experience to meet somebody that was not from here. When you have close ties with immigrants, whether it be family or friends mm -hmm. or, or mentors, you know you do look at things a little different. 
You know, you appreciate yeah. things in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and he, he kind of pushed me in a way that I'd never been pushed. Construction work, very, very hard um, on the body. Sure. But he's like, hey, man, if you're not going to fucking do the work, you can go to fuck home. Yeah. And I'm like, that's amazing. Nobody yeah. ever told me that before. Right. Pretty matter of fact. So um, my parents are second generation American. Mm-hmm. Um, father's side of the family is, is Irish. Mother's side of the family is Sicilian. So I got it from both sides. Right. And, you know, growing up in an old country, Italian, uh, Irish household is, is a little bit different. Sure. Than your, your standard, uh, cul-de-sac lunchable American. (laughs) Right. Now I hear it told that Patrick was actually Italian. I don't even know if we should speak that. <laughs> you know, we might have an issue with the Irish. Um, yeah, supposedly his parents were uh, were Roman. Yeah, yeah, born in, in Roman Britain, I guess. Yeah. Well, so okay, so if we're being honest, if he was born in Roman Britain, then you know he's 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 not Italian. He, uh, I don't know. It's a coin toss, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, the story to be told is what he was he was taken by Irish pirates. That's that's what I've been told. That's what I've been told as yeah. well. So. Um, but, but nonetheless, St. Patrick, shout out to St. Patrick. Absolutely. Um, I'm happy to say that I've been to, to, I'm sure there are many more, but I've been to the two notable cathedrals named for him. The one there in Dublin. And then of course I've been to to the one there in in New York. Construction is a little bit different than. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a lot different. Yeah. 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 They used to make things different. Sure. Um, and that's fascinating that, that architecture not that I can even speak on this, but architecture is completely different than the IKEA world that we yeah. that we currently live yeah. in. You know, and there's something to be said for both. I, I I happen to be a minimalist, so I like the stripped down, sure, function, you know, uh, functional stuff. But uh, I, I'm I'm also I'm also a mason, so I appreciate the the history of masonry and how that came about, and the fact that masons built cathedrals in Europe and that sort of thing. So it was really kind of cool to, to, to go right. there and see that sort of stuff. So instead of 40 minutes or four weeks it takes to build this... 400 years. 400 yeah. years. Yeah. Imagine the patience. Right. Um, and, and that's what I think is, is fascinating about going to other countries Yeah. Um, and looking at some... Even in our country, right? Um, you know, some, some of the architecture, even in New England, these things have stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, not so much in, in the South, right? Sherman came through and burned everything except for Savannah. Mm -hmm. Um, so you don't have a lot of those things here in, in the South, but, um, there's something to be said about old world, um, construction. Indeed. It's amazing. You know, you bring up the South and, uh, you know, I lived in Savannah for, for years and my wife is from Savannah. And a large, large Irish contingent there. Is it really? Oh, yeah. There's a giant St. Patrick's Day parade there every year. And um, when, we, when we were living there, uh, there, there was, a, there was a, the, uh, the most amazing bar in America was a place called Kevin Barry's. And it was on River Street. It's closed now. But um, Kevin Barry was, was, an, was an Irish kid. He was, I think he was 17. 18. He was 18 years old. And I'm I'm singing the Wolf Tones song in my head to get to get the uh, to get the age right. Okay. So the Wolf Tones are, are an Irish band, or whatever, and uh, they sing a song where Kevin Barry is featured in it, and uh, it's actually uh, the song is uh, Black and Tans. So anyway, um, Kevin Barry's was was a great bar, and it was it was Irish themed, very Republican esque, and um, 
it was right there on River Street, and there, there used to be a guy there years and years ago. I don't know, close to 30 years ago now. His name was Harry O'Donohue, and he used to play all the old Irish folk songs, right? And so mm. I loved going down there and singing the songs, you know, on Friday or Saturday night. You know, you'd drink and you'd sing, sure. and, and you had a great time. And uh, I'll tell a funny story about Nugget and me at that bar in, in a moment. But anyway, when we were in Ireland, um, when when we were in Dublin, we went to, uh, I don't know, like a... It was a, it was a thing for the kids. It was like a traditional folk dancing type thing or whatever. Anyway, they were playing the songs, and so I'm singing along, and the, the guys are like, you know these songs? So I was like, yeah, I know these songs. You know, I love this stuff. So uh, so that, that was a lot of fun. But get, getting back to, to Nugget. So years ago, Nug and I were down there for something. I don't know what the hell we were doing down there. And we went to, to Kevin Barry's, and I, I had been going there for over a decade and didn't know that there was an upstairs. So, I mean, I just never knew. So we're sitting at the bar, and we're, and we're, we're, having, we're having Guinness. And this sergeant major in full mess dress uniform, because Hunter Army Airfield's down there, Ranger Battalion, Third Bat's down there and everything else. So this sergeant major comes and does a face plant down this flight of stairs. And I'm like, holy shit. So he gets up and he's clearly in the bag. And I asked the waitress, I'm like, what's up with the fucking smadge? And she goes, that's those animals <laughs> upstairs, you know? And I'm like, what animals upstairs? And she's like, uh, the, the, the military guy's upstairs. I'm like, well... I was curious, but now you have my undivided yes, attention. Yes, yes, yeah. So I'm like, can we go up there? She's like, yeah, I have to fucking let you in. So Stephen's a ranger. So we walk up, you know, I do what I do. So I walk up there. We walk up there together. And there's this guy standing in the fucking doorway or whatever. He goes, the fuck are you? Stephen goes, fucking U.S. Army Ranger, who are you? You know, and he goes, you're good. And he goes, the fuck are you? I tell him what I do. He goes, he thinks about it for a half a second. He goes, right. You just come in. So we go in, and it it, it is Shangri fucking law. It's like special operations shit all over the place, right? And so what's going on is that these guys apparently, uh, one of the ranger buddies, I guess, had had gotten killed over in Afghanistan, hmm. and so they were all back home saying goodbye, right? So they're everybody's drinking, and on the wall is pictures of guys with you know the little black bands over the pictures, and there's little like metal things with shot glasses in them underneath the pictures, sure, right? And it was fucking amazing it was fantastic long story short we end up drinking with these guys all damn night long so all night long i'm watching and there's this one old fucker sitting back in the corner and he never moved for hours and, and people are just coming over and bringing him bringing him alcohol that's the one to talk to never moved so i look at nug and i'm like see that guy back there he goes yeah I'm like he owns this fucking place he's like no i was like i'm fucking telling you that cat owns this place so like 4 a.m I get up and I walk back there to the pisser and I, and, I, and I stop next to him. I say, excuse me, sir. And he looks up at me and I says, do you own this place? He goes, yeah, I do. And I said, I thought so. I says, I, 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 I've been coming to your bar for 20 years. Never knew this was up here. Anyway, he says, sit down. So Nug and I sit down. We end up talking to him. The guy's name uh, was Vic Power. That was his name, Vic Power. I got him in my phone. Strong name. Yeah. Anyway. Make friends with Vic. He's giving us challenge coins, all kinds of shit. Long story short, I've got him in my phone. Every time I'm in Savannah, I give him a call, and we'd go down there and fucking party with him. It was fantastic. That's amazing. Sad story. You know, they, they closed the place New Year's Eve, I think two years ago. He, he finally was closing the doors and had enough. But it was, it was the greatest bar in America, as far as I was concerned, with the possible notable exception of McSorley's in New York. Okay. But, uh... Yeah, man, that was such a great place. I'm, I'm, I miss going down there. It's almost sad for me now whenever I go to Savannah because that was literally, literally the first place we would go when we got into town every time we went back. That was the only town saved, right, in the Civil War? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a Christmas present to Lincoln. 
Yeah. And there was a reason for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savannah is definitely a, a special place. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fan- I mean, you know, my wife loves it. I mean, that's that's her home. But uh, yeah, super cool. Any places like that uh, back home with you? Uh, sure. I mean, there there are so many nostalgic places. Federal Hill in um, Providence, Rhode Island is, is definitely um, a settlement for Italian immigrants that came in. Um, and... Any places that are rich with culture like that, I just find myself just just walking around, looking at things, yeah. talking to people, because those people have been here for 100 years. Right. And the reason that they're still here is because they're doing something fantastic. Yeah. Right? Bakeries, um, uh, pizza places. I mean, just, just amazing cultures that met in this one area. Yeah. Um, and... Truthfully, Federal Hill is is one of those places for me. Cool. That you can go to and it just smells like home. Yeah. I, I doubt very seriously that I will ever set foot in New York again, but uh, there, there's a little bit of nostalgia there for me. Uh, you know, my, uh, my, my dad's family, um, they lived in a house in Brooklyn, and I, I won't say the address, but uh, they lived there and it was my great-grandfather's house. Mm-hmm. My grandfather lived in the house. My father grew up in that house, yeah. so three generations of, of my family lived in that house. And uh, my, you know, my, my granddad, uh, he he was a he was in the trades. He was a lather. So those of you that don't know what a lather is, back in the sometimes you watch like episodes of this old house, and they're pulling down plaster off of the walls, and you sure. got the the wood behind the walls, right before yeah. there was drywall and shit. Well, he was the guy that put the plaster on the on the on the wall. It was, a, it was called lath, and he was a lather. And uh, but he did all that. Um, you know, he built the Empire State Building. You know, him and him and seven hundred thousand other guys. That's amazing. But, but uh, you know, all the build, the Chrysler Building he worked on, all these old buildings. You know, the buildings that you think of these quintessential "That's America" buildings. You know, my family had a hand in. My my granddad touched that, so that was you know that was kind of cool. My great grandfather used to pull a cart around downtown Providence and oh, yeah? sharpen knives. Really? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, as 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 simple as that may sound, that is amazing. Yeah, pulled a cart. Sharpening knives for, you know, um, diners and, and restaurants in downtown Providence, Rhode Island. Cool. Yeah. You know, um, I think you, I don't remember how it came into my mind, but uh, ta- I think talking about the, the immigrants and having a different appreciation for things. You know, one of the, the, the most interesting thing that I saw when we were over there was when we went up north, we went to Belfast and, uh, and Derry. And, you know... When the trolls were going on, you know, those were the hotbeds. I mean, the whole thing started in Derry. And, and that was really wild to see because um, uh, it's still very palpable. You know, there, there's still people walking around that, you know, you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or whatever, and you're going to have a fucking problem. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think one of the most interesting things I saw was there were po- poster boards all over the place in Belfast that said England, you know, or Britain, get out of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And there were things, uh, there had been a guy named Paul McIntyre who had recently been arrested at the time. You know, we're talking 2019 or 2020, I can't remember. Um, it was alleged that he had shot and killed, a, 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 I think it was a female reporter. But um, the long and the short of it, spray painted on buildings was free Paul McIntyre now. You know, it's just craziness. You know, yeah. we can, we can't even 
we don't even have a concept no. of, of what that is here. I mean, we got some unrest and shit going on here, but we don't have people sniping each other in the fucking streets. Right, right. You know, I mean, it was it was wild, man. And just, you know, political propaganda and slogans and shit all over the place. It was wild. You know, you go downtown Belfast and there's big murals all over the place. And some of it might be for fucking tourism. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not an idiot. But I think a lot of it was still, you know, this is a fucking thing here still, you know. There's Catholics and Protestants, yes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was it was really wild. It it, it was, um, you know. And I've been to some places that you know. I mean, I've been to the Middle East. I've been to places where there's some fucking shit going on. Yeah. But it was weird to go to. I don't know. I mean, f- from what what I would describe as um, a culture I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm 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 a I'm a, I'm an American. You know, I, I mean, I, I've come from the West. Going to the Middle East. I had an expectation in my mind of what that was going to be like. It's an alien culture to me. I, I don't. I didn't grow up in a in a in a largely uh, Arabic or Muslim world, right? So so I didn't know what to expect there, which meant that everything that I saw was new and exciting and 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 whatever. But you know, when you're going to another what I would call Western country, you know, to see things that you didn't expect to see yeah. is like wow. There's some there's some fucking craziness on what I would say our side of the map. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's weird. Yeah, and I I think that that is fascinating that some things have lasted for hundreds of years, um, whether it's Catholics and Protestants or, and and think about something that you feel that passionate about to die for. Sure. Um, and I think that that's one one thing as Americans we don't really think about that. Right. Um, think about something that you would you would sacrifice yourself for. As an American, well, you've known me a long time. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stubborn. This, that's right. There's probably a lot that that's I would. A, that's right. So, <laughs> it's it's just amazing that some of these things have lasted, yeah, generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's from from my perspective, that's never going to change. No. Yeah. No, it's in the culture. So I see you're just about done with the uh, KBS there. Um, you want to crack into this other one? Absolutely, Anderson Valley. Yeah, yeah. Anderson Valley Company. They're out of California, although I'm not sure exactly where. But um, salted caramel porter, malt beverage, aged six months in bourbon barrels. Do you see on here? There it is. Nine point five percent ABV. Nine point five on yeah. the AV. Now this one's a, this one's in a can, so um, interested to see what this tastes like. I'm hope I'm I'm hopeful for this. I like salted caramel stuff, so let's let's see what this is like. Let's do it. All right. Again, not a whole bunch of carbonation there. Wow. Listen to that. Looks good. Yeah, got a little, almost a little cascade going on there. Look at that. You see that? Nice. Yeah, that's pleasantly a pleasant surprise. Now I went right down the middle there, so I got a lot of head out of that. What's that How's smell? That, look? that looks good. What's that smell? Pretty good. Mm, I'm, not really, little... I'm not really picking up much. My, uh, maybe a little bit. I get a little bit of the bourbon barrel. Right. Just on the nose. Let's see. I'm going to have to let that settle down a bit. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. That's nice and smooth. Okay. Good caramel on the front. Yeah. Bourbon barrel, only... Only on the nose. It's okay. not. It's not too heavy. It's actually very light, um, very smooth. It certainly doesn't appear 
And of course, the KBS was a uh, was a stout, and this is a porter. So yeah, the, I'm getting a little light through this. It's not as heavy. No, that's smooth. It's good. I like this. All right, let me uh, let me get a taste on that. Mmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do you get almost like a, the only way I could describe it is like a buttery. It's it's like your grandmama's purse candy. It's kind of it's buttery. It's um, it's warm, and it's very very smooth. So I'm kind of surprised with this. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I, I had uh, quite about uh, quite a lot of head on mine, and if I if I like taste a little bit of the foam with all the yeah. air in it, yeah. I'm almost getting like a butterscotch thing out of it. Yep. Yep. This is um, this is a good follow up. Yeah. To the KBS, this is um, nice and smooth. It's it's not harsh. It's um, no. I would drink this as like a good, like after dinner beer, maybe, or maybe even a breakfast. Sure, you know, like I could start my day with this. I'm. This is candy corn. I'd say, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna go quite that far with it. To me, I don't. I don't have that much sweetness out of it. But I. I so like, I would 100 percent drink this with your Irish breakfast. This is adult candy corn. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. This is. Um, Okay, so good, good job, Anderson Valley. This is um, this is good. And nine point five on the AV. Yeah, yeah. It won't, it won't seriously fuck you up. No, no. This is uh, this is smooth sailing. Yeah. This is Christopher Cross right here yeah, in, a, yeah. in a can. Yeah, absolutely smooth sailing. What a great reference. <laughs> sailing. Oh man, Christopher, just underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. So so m- most of you won't know this, but uh, Mike is uh, he shares my uh, my my past as a former radio personality. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, Christopher and you, Cross, wow. and you grew to love yeah. just all kinds of stuff. All you know, I was kinds. talking to a guy last night. Uh, give him a listen. It's uh, I think it's it's that '80s movie podcast. Um, and Ed, man, we talked for I don't know probably an hour last night. Just about like old, and he he had a similar background, just like old movies and stuff, and 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 music. Somehow we got it talking about. Uh, I remember I got in trouble back in the back in the day because uh, I was on I was on air and I played uh, I played what did I play I played Johnny Cash's uh, Delia's Gone, mm-hmm. and then right after that followed it up with like the Sex Pistols God Save the Queen. Why not? Uh, yeah, you know it's my fucking show. That's right. So uh, and I remember my station manager James called me on the phone and he was like, "Man, you can't." You can't have that that stark of a transition. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I hung up the phone, and then as soon as the red light came back on, I was like, hey, James, fuck you. It's my show. That's right. I do the follow-ups. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I got a nasty gram from the FCC. but It's okay. <laughs> All of us have lost our license to the FCC. Thank you. Um, it's why we're on a podcast now. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, a different kind of music. Um, so I was 
I was stranded for a week in Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Never been there. Uh, so I rented a, a car. The only thing we have for you, sir, is a 1996 Lincoln Town car. Nice. So, so <laughs> what year was this? What's in the, probably 1997? Okay. So what's in the CD player? I don't know. Paul Simon Graceland. Okay. Which will live yes. in my heart forever. All right. Uh, Shouts out to Paul Simon because Graceland is a masterpiece. What's your favorite Paul Simon song? Oh, yeah, I I couldn't. I think I, I I couldn't. I don't know if it's him. I I think it's actually him and and Garfunkel. I think it, uh, the boxer. Love the boxer. The boxer's yeah yeah amazing. I mean everybody goes with uh, uh, Sounds of Silence. Sure, or Bridge know. Over Troubled Water. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, the boxer is a wonderful tale. It's either that or uh, is it. Uh, America is that the song? Okay, Where so on the train. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So diamonds on the soles of her shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Graceland, uh, especially as a bass player. So I was a musician for seventeen years. Right. And if you listen to the Graceland album as a musician, it's completely different than listening to it as uh, just uh, somebody that doesn't understand music. Sure. Graceland is one of the best put together albums, and Amazing, because if you ever met me, you would say, this guy is definitely not a Paul Simon fan. Right. But Paul Simon is amazing. Right. Just just that you composed music that moves people. Yeah. Um, because music has changed so much in a sense that everything is so digitized, and they figured out the formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything is an algorithm to make you feel a certain way. It's not genuine from the artist itself. So what do you think about that? We've talked about that before, the the, the whole um, analog versus digital thing, right? So, yeah. and I've said this before, like I am I am a music nut, okay, and I know you sure. are as well. Yeah. But to my like, with very rare but notable exceptions, I can't tell you the difference between oh that's an analog and that's you know an MP3. Oh, I could I, see. Okay, see, I I wish I could, but I can't. But very rare, like Pink Floyd. I know every every note of every song that they ever wrote. Okay. So, I mean, I'm that guy where you play two notes and I name that song. Favorite album? Of Pink Floyd? Yeah. Ooh, probably, uh, I don't know. I really like Division Bell, but it's probably not my favorite. Maybe um, uh, Wish You Were Here. Okay. So Division Bell is a staple in my life because I went through 17 cassettes. Yeah. Um, you know, when one popped, right. I got another one because that was all that was available. Right. Um, and The Division Bell is probably my favorite, like, top five albums ever. Really? Yeah. See, I don't hear that much, but but I, I'm glad to hear it because I do really, really like that album. Yeah, it's... Um, not many albums, like different albums, talk to, to to people differently. Sure. And the Division Bell "Momentary Lapse of Reason" phenomenal. Yeah, um, has taken me out of certain places in my life and kind of transitioned me over to to greener pastures. Yeah. And not a lot of albums can do that. And music talks to different. It talks a different language to different folks. Yeah. And I respect that. I think uh, Division Bell, uh, probably my favorite song off that album. Maybe it, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to uh, high hopes. Uh, high hopes, 
is I was going to say that or coming back to life. Sure. Um, th- those two are, are, are really high on my list. But uh, And I know you and I talked about this at work the other day because um, we work together. Yeah. Uh, is, um, for my money, one of the greatest drum solos of all time okay. is from uh, uh, Live of Pompeii. Okay. Um, with... Um, uh, one of these days, I'm going to cut you into little pieces. Absolutely, it's a fantastic. Yeah, and the video it. is amazing. Respect you know, to he, it. He's he's banging away and he loses a stick and then he right away just oh it's fantastic, dude. I get a huge smile every time I see it. Um, for for my money, Danny Carey from Tool, okay, is one of the. He's like a calculus drummer. All right, he does things that push my brain to try to understand what he's doing. Right. When you incorporate mandalas and other things and yeah. different time signatures, yeah, yeah. my brain says, okay, we're going to try to to unpack this and figure this out. Right. And it, it is amazing. Yeah. Um, but as far as uh, transitions and, and drive and Pink Floyd is just one of those staples for me. Yeah. Um, and always has been. But then again, I might listen to AHA uh, album and, and you know and just think the same thing because that's when musicians were there was no YouTube to teach you how to do things right there was no uh, tablature or anything to, oh man you're taking me back listen, bro listen you had to an album art was was a you, yeah there was um, there was a certain thing to it you go to turtles turtles dude I still have coins okay so I, I have stamps somewhere. Yeah. So you go to Turtles and you so, couldn't... So, so those of you that don't know what the hell we're talking about, Turtles was like the Southeast Tower Records, right? Yes. And, and, and the coins, coins were the gift certificates. You would go there and buy $5 worth of gift certificate and you got a little coin and you gave that to somebody and the stamps were loyalty points. Sure. You collected stamps and then when you filled the book up, you went and you got a free LP. Yeah. So you would buy this album or this cassette and there would be album art yeah and you didn't care what the lyrics were nope they didn't give them to you no you sometimes you would be singing things that weren't Weren't even even there but it's okay (laughs) yep 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 because um there was a certain uh there was a certain thing about album art and actually going to the music store and oh it's in and they have a copy of it yeah i think um so the um I stood in line at Turtles for at least 12 hours when Division Bell came to, to town. Yeah. And I bought, the, the maximum you were allowed to buy was 10 tickets. So I bought 10, they were $30 a piece. So I spent $300, which in, the, in that day was a lot of fucking money for that me. That would buy you one seat. Yeah. So Nowadays. Right. So And, and it did. I just spent 300 bucks on a Rolling Stones ticket. But anyway, um, so I bought 10 tickets. I kept two. And I went, I, I took my dad, right? Mm-hmm. Me, me, me and Pops went. And then I sold seven. And I have, I still have, I still have one. Do you really? I, I sure do. I sure do. I, it's, it's, it's in this garage. It's right there on that shelf. So, so That's amazing. So, yeah, I still have one unused Pink Floyd ticket. But, uh, yeah, man, those are the days, man. That was great. Have you seen, uh, talking about drummers, have you seen Count Me In? 
No. So it's it's really good. It's a documentary on Netflix, right? So check it out because it's it's all of the like like super cool drummers and shit. The, the ones that are still alive anyway. But it's got like Nico McBain from from uh, 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 Iron Maiden. Okay. You know, it's got Samantha Maloney. You know, and we, we all know. You know, she filled in when uh, Nikki Six got sick or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I remember I remember that because it was like, bro. You got a you got a girl drumming for you. Yeah. She was fucking amazing. Yeah, you know, and and man, it was super cool. What is your thought process uh, or your thoughts on so drummers in particular? Like, I I look at two camps, right? You got the out of control animal from the fucking Doctor Teeth, you know, Muppets just going fucking crazy. Yeah, and that's cool. But I tend to prefer like the the more economy of movement, Charlie Watts type drummers, right? I'm glad you brought that up. So Charlie Watts. Was the father of time. Yeah. He kept time. He was the backbone. Right. Of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And there is definitely something to be said about folks that stay in the pocket. Sure. And their pocket is so strong. Um, I really wasn't a Neil Peart guy. I wasn't a Rush guy. I like Rush, but but yeah, I, I feel you. There, there's, there's some moments that I'm like, hey, it's a little bit too much you. Okay. Um... But then again, um, I think that music is one of those things that if if you feel it and I don't, right. it's okay. Yeah. Um, because that's that's just what how music talks to all of us. Some people might like Iron Maiden. You brought up Iron Maiden. I wasn't an Iron Maiden guy. Right. I wasn't a um, Motley Crue guy. Right. I was too busy listening to like U2 October. Sure. And, you know, I mean, just... All of the the 80s, like if you watch any 80s movie, John Hughes movie, sure. the soundtrack is where I lived in the 80s. Right. And um, I just think that, that music has, has changed so much. And if it talks to you, respect. Right. Well, and, and so talking about that, you know, like I'm a big fan of Boy Sets Fire. And they, they haven't released anything in a long time. But um, Matt Krapinski was, was their drummer at the time. There was a second one, but I can't remember his name. But Krapinski, I mean, one, one of one of the best drum parts, it's not a solo, it's just a part off of Tomorrow Come Today is um, is Eviction Article. I don't know if you've heard that. Mm. But it, man, it's, it, it like, their their music, that particular album was very political. And uh, I, I listened to, 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 to that, to that, I listen to that, to that album, that whole album when I'm running, right? It just pumps okay. me up, dude. And, uh, but that, some of those drum riffs, for lack of a better term, that, that he, that he's got on there. Yeah, man, it's, it's music to my soul. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There are some things that just talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and truthfully, I have a lot of respect for people that can listen to something because one of my, one of my great friends growing up, he was a punk guy. Mm-hmm. And I can't hear punk. My my brain and my ears just don't hear. Okay. Like Dead Kennedys and some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, respect to them, but I don't. I can't listen to it mm-hmm. because I I can't get into it. But um, I love that that it can talk to you, and sure. that was one of those those things that um, we we kind of had a mutual respect. Like, hey, even though I can't hear this. I'm glad that it talks to you. Right. You know, t- talking go, going going back to the Stones for a second, you know, Charlie Watts, one of the f- the the best thing for me is to watch like like old concerts, like like there was one on TV the other night that I, that I was watching. And uh, it was uh 
It was when the Stones played Copacabana down in down in Brazil. Yeah. And you know, you got Mick Jagger running around like a moron. You know, you got you got Keith Richards doing his thing and um and uh let's see, Bill Wyman wasn't there. Who uh let's see, uh uh Of course you got Charlie on the drums and then um uh oh forgive me. The bass player. Ron Wood. So yeah. you, got, you got Ron Wood out there. And everybody's doing their thing and having a great time, whatever, and, and being animated and everything. And then you got Charlie back there in the back just... Uh, and he looks bored as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, I, and I love that, that it was like his his musical taste was so eclectic in the sense that... That's not the right word. You know, a lot of people don't know. He had, a, he had an orchestra, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know? So you got this guy who's this classically trained drummer who's used to, you know, classical music or whatever, and he's playing in... In not even I won't even use the word arguably, right? To my mind, the greatest rock and roll band in, in the history of the of the world, right? Um, I mean, I love the Rolling Stones. So and yeah, and yes, I spent three hundred dollars for three tickets. I spent almost a thousand dollars on tickets. I took me and Angela and, and, and Scout, and we all went. We had right. a good, great time. And and the only bad part about that was, you know, COVID had hit. We had the tickets for two years, and COVID hit, and then they 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 postponed the show, right? And uh, halfway through the tour. And uh, I think it was the No Limits. I think it was the name of the tour. And um, they postponed it. And then when it came back, Charlie had died. So I almost didn't go. I was like, I want my money back. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really glad we did go. And and I forget the name of the guy that they had filling in for him. But he was really, really good. And he did him proud. And it was a great show. So music has changed completely, though, right? I mean, we were just talking about, you know, standing in line at Turtles on, on release day. Yeah. You know, now... What do I do? I pick up my fucking phone. I open the music app on fucking Apple or whatever, and I listen to it. Or if I'm really into it, I buy it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I pay thirty bucks a month or whatever it is to have access to all of it. Yeah. And I mean, do I appreciate that? Yeah. When I'm driving down the road, and I'm like, you know what? I really want to hear some obscure fucking shit, you know, yeah. or whatever. And and at, at a click of a button, it's playing. I mean, it's it's akin to magic. Do but you, but yeah. I I do miss I do miss. Like following a band, like I was like in the day, I was a big U two fan. Yeah, like I don't give a fuck about anything they've done recently, but some of the older stuff, like like uh, Zoo TV, I like that. Zeropa, um, Zeropa, Octung Baby, Octung Baby was fucking great. Yeah, but to me that was kind of the decline, right? Like Joshua Tree was the pinnacle. Sure, you know. Um, but I do miss, I do miss following a band and being like, man, I can't wait to hear what they're going to come out with next. Yeah. You know, and then going and listening to it and that's just not there anymore. So I was fortunate enough to have family in South America. Okay. And you um, 2 was the soundtrack to my upbringing when I would visit uh, Venezuela and some of the countries in South America. So you 2 has... Has another one of those like Paul Simon. Sure, it's it's just etched in my chest that yeah. it always has a special place. What would you say is your favorite U two song? Oh wow! Oh Tough. wow! Tough. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, another prolific band. I don't think people realize. I didn't realize. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm like anybody else. I get on the fucking internet machine and I'm googling stuff or whatever, and you know, Google U two. These fuckers have been playing for fifty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 50 years. 50 years. And then I got to take stock and well fuck how old am I now? <laughs> you know. Right. It's um it's just one of those things that that it will it, it's it's kind of like some people hold 
certain things that will bring them right back to their childhood or significant moments in their life. Sure. And U2 is is one of those bands that I can hear a song and yeah. tell you exactly where I was oh, when yeah. I heard it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. God, this this podcast has gone so fucking Oh, it's off. all over the place. I had no idea where we were going to go. Uh, this is crazy. Yeah, shout out to Z&Z for providing these uh, festivities. Uh, I think it was a KBS. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, um, so, no, like, now switching gears from drummers to guitarists. Like, for my money, two guitarists achieved Nirvana. All right? And first and foremost, I would say um, David Gilmore. Okay. And, and from, from Floyd. And then... A very, very close second would have to be The Edge. Okay. I thought that his use of uh, loops and, and that sort of thing um, was just fucking brilliant. And I had never heard anything like that when I was a yeah, kid, yeah. man. You know, I was like, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, David Gilmore is probably... I can hear David Gilmore from up the street and tell you that that's David Gilmore. I think that David Gilmore is the greatest guitarist who has ever lived. That's that's my opinion. That we just my opinion. We just agreed. Okay. On that. Okay. So you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you play and, and now let's see if we agree on this. I think that time is the the greatest guitar solo that has ever or ever will be. And that's a very bold statement. Okay. I've listened to the comfortably numb. It's good, but it ain't time. It. Because there's two, right? Yeah. There's there's uh, the first solo yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there's a second, yeah. and both of them speak to me like equally. Sure, um, it, it's just one of those things for me. And Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan was was one of those like very complex, very aggressive guitarists that I can I it, it talks to you. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the crazy thing about guitarists. You know, sometimes you have to play the part. And a lot of modern musicians, especially guitarists, they play the part, and that's great. But there are very few guitarists that stand out and and actually talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was definitely one of those. Adam Jones from mm. um, Tool? Yeah. 100%. Um, what was the video that Tool had that was so fucking weird? Probably um, all of them. No, sober. Sober. Yeah. Sober. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching that on the old MTV. Oh my goodness. I was like, what is this meat going through a pipe? So so <laughs> there there were there were a few albums that maybe maybe are the same in a sense that okay, it's October, it's the the leaves are starting to change. I'm putting in these albums. Sure. And um Tool was definitely a band that I listened to in the fall time. Um, even some of the early Pearl Jam. It's kind of like smelling burning leaves or burning wood. Yeah. And you're like, okay. The I'm seasons, back there now. The seasons are starting yeah. to change. Yeah. And certain albums, certain songs, will bring you back to those places. Sure. Um, when Pearl Jam came out, Pearl Jam 10 yeah. was, was a staple. Um, some of the solos uh, on that, uh, Jeff Hammett, bass player, 12-string bass guitar, fretless. Right. Some of these things, I was like, I've never heard this before. Right. Um, and and truthfully, you know, it's, it's one of those things that takes you back to a special place. Sure. Now, some people might listen to Concrete Blonde or... Oh, or, wow. Yeah. 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 Some people might listen to different things and it brings them to a certain place and that's cool. Um, just as long as it spoke to you 
And as a musician, right, that's 100% uh, one of the things that, that we always tried to do is that connection with people because that's what's going to bring people in the arena when you sell tickets. That's one of the things that's going to buy albums. Um, not this formulated, like, algorithm right. that people try to capitalize on. You a Roth guy? You? Uh, I could go either way. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with either. Okay. I'm happy with either. See, I am too. I'm middle of the road. Yeah. I, I like uh, Running with the Devil. Yeah. And I also like OU812 and 100, yeah, 100%. 5150. Yep. I mean, just all of them. Um, and I remember years ago, man. So so uh, uh, those of you out there in Whiskey 7 land, you, you, people that don't know me personally... Uh, my my professional life, I have to I have to put on a, a certain a certain face, sure. right? And uh, and and that that doesn't translate to my personal life at all. Yeah. <laughs> but my you know Scout, my daughter, she only knows me a certain way, right? So we were at. Uh, uh, do you remember the guy that used to work for us that left? He retired early and he went up to Virginia with his wife. Yeah. Okay. So so. We had we were at a party at that guy's house, and he had like a karaoke thing going on, and so they played uh, he, the, uh, Van Halen. Um, Jump was on there, so uh-huh. I was like, oh, "I'm fucking singing this, right?" And my daughter, oh man, that's a hell of a fucking amazed by the fact that her dad is up there <laughs> jumping around. Did you do singing, it good? Oh fuck yeah, man! Oh okay, yeah, I did, okay. right? Yeah, it, I just that's one of my happiest moments as a parent. Not a lot is, of people can do wrong. Oh, yeah, is is watching my daughter look at who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, Roth is uh that's a vocal powerhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I love Sammy. Yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm equally happy with either. You know, Mike, um one of my oldest friends. Yeah. Uh, we've we've worked together, we've done Done a lot of cool shit together. Yes, we done have. a lot of fucking. Hey, man, we might not make it out of this That's shit right. together. Um, we've had it. We've had a good run, and and now we're both at places in our in our professions where we where we don't have to necessarily do that shit. Anymore. I'm just amazed that all roads led to um, doing a podcast on a <laughs> on a storage crate and a cooler <laughs> in a garage. It, indeed, yeah. Well, I mean, what what better way, right? And, Absolutely. And, and, and of course, taking us, you know. 30 years back to, to when we started out with fucking, you know, sitting sitting in front of a microphone with a red light on. Absolutely. <clears throat> Fantastic. Thing. From David Gilmore to jiu-jitsu. To, yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. But did you ever think, when you were looking at a red light, no. talking into a microphone, that we would have ended up where we're at? No. no me either. But I'm thankful for it. Uh, absolutely. The journeys. Had, had some amazing the most experiences. Important part. Met some super fucking cool people. Met some really fucking horrible people. Yes. Um... But yeah, it's 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 been a great run, and, uh, and and I'm glad I'm glad that it's going to continue on this level. Absolutely, Mike. So much. Thanks for coming to see God us. God bless. I really appreciate you. We're going to have you back. You are a permanent member of the Whiskey Seven Project. We're cool, proud brother. to have you, brother. I appreciate you. It's a happy St. Patty's Day. Absolutely. God happy bless. St. Patty's Day to all you Whiskey Seven Projects out there, uh, members out there. Hey, listen. You can find us, as you know, on uh, Instagram or on Twitter at uh, at Whiskey. That's the Scottish spelling W H I S K Y. The number seven project you can find us there on twitter and instagram we have a facebook page i'll be honest with you i wouldn't even bother going to it i never fucking post on it um if you really dig what you heard you can buy nug and me a cup of coffee we've got a link to our shit or whatever it's on our link tree which you can find on either instagram or twitter or whatever 
Hey, all you cats, be uh, be cool out there. We really appreciate appreciate your support. We're up to 13 countries now. We just picked up another one. Um, so yeah, we're doing really, really great, and it's all thanks to you. Thanks so much. Thanks to ZNZ Package Store for supporting us with the alcohol. And um, we've got another surprise sponsor coming on. Probably have that locked down by next episode. So uh, stay tuned, and you'll hear all about that. All right, you guys be cool. Take care. Happy St. Patrick's. This is Hodo from the Whiskey 7 Project. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you tag along with us on our other social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter, where you can find us at Whiskey 7 Project. That's W-H-I-S-K-Y, the number 7, Project. Drop us a line there and let us know what you've been up to. You are part of the project, after all. Well, that about wraps it up. Until next time, take care. <laughs>